to the Big Play Cleveland show. We are all coordinating. We're men and women in black today as we uh, are celebrating, well, lack thereof, our dark, devastating, dark Monday. Gab, we're in we're in mourning right now. Put yes. me in a time portal and take me back to Saturday morning pre-Buckeye game so we could get another opportunity at the Buckeyes. Then we get another opportunity at Cavs-Lakers. We get another opportunity at Browns-Broncos. We're all wearing black today in mourning. We lose to Michigan. What happened this weekend? Lose to LeBron and then lose to the hated Denver Broncos. If you're an old head like me, you hate the Broncos almost as much as the Steelers. You lose to them. That was a tough weekend, but we finished on a high note with the Cavs, and we'll get to that later. So it did feel at least we took away something from this weekend. Yeah, honestly, McNeil, I thought about calling you to see if your health was okay. Yeah, and I also lost my Twitter account McNeil's there for a locked. little while. So McNeil's had a Elon's come down hard on me. I'm not quite sure why, but right now I'm on the outs in the Twitter community. Well, speaking of high notes, I will say we have uh, one special guest we're going to be doing a feature interview with here shortly, but we also have another special guest in studio right behind McNeil, actually. Uh, We've got a new, what do you call that? Just Just poster, canvas, a new canvas. canvas. You like that? So I get a lot of questions, Gab, of where did Cigar Guy come from? Where did you get that AV? And this is your answer. The 2010 Ryder Cup. There was a guy who dressed up as Miguel Jimenez, who's a European player, was his favorite golfer. And this, if you blow it up, it's actually Tiger Woods hitting a shot directly at the camera. Look it up on Google. Google Tiger Woods Cigar Guy. It's fantastic look. You got Steve Williams, you got Tiger. Then off to the right, you're going to see this guy in the back. So... I'm really proud to have that behind me now. It feels more official in here. Permanent. Yeah, that's permanent. a permanent stay now in the Big Play Cleveland studio. Even I never knew the backstory. There you go. Now I feel really what a revelation it is. And since what's amazing is when you see it now live, if you go and Google that, it looks like it's photoshopped in there because you've seen it out of context <laughs> yeah. so many times. No, I yeah. thought it was photoshopped the whole time. Yeah. I didn't realize you just kind of zoomed in. And you, that's don't know, what you, did. you don't know. You don't want to know how many people think that that's actually Chris. Like when I say that I do this show with Chris, like. Oh, the guy with the cigar. I'm like, yeah, but that's not actually him. Like, he, white yeah. dad. Like, I disappoint like, so <laughs> many people weekly when they tune in here and they realize I look like this rather than like that, unfortunately. <laughs> no, it works for you, though. I, I really give it to you that you've never changed your, you say AV? AV, AV, Avi. Well, it's Avatar. It's, Avatar. it's It Avi. stems from the word. I don't know. I don't well, you know. You have what to be careful with changing anything because evidently Elon <laughs> will take regardless. your account from you, at least for yeah. a little while. Moral of the story. All right, guys. Well, we've managed to make it a good three minutes into the show, and we haven't really screamed or yelled about the Buckeyes or the Browns. I would say that's a win. We are going to keep the positivity rolling, and we are going to talk some calves with Kaylee Griffin. So don't go anywhere. More big play Cleveland show straight ahead. Welcome back to the Big Play Cleveland Show. I'm Nick Padone. She is Gabriella Cruz. We got Chris McNeil, of course, always in studio with us as well. And today we are joined by special guests. You might be familiar with her right here on the Bally Sports Network, the host of the Cavs pregame and postgame, Kaylee Griffin. Kaylee, what is up? Thank you so much for joining us in our little airport home here. Oh, guys, thank you so much for for having me. I was shocked to come up to the airport and find this studio, but I'm glad to be here and looking forward to hanging out with you guys. 
Nice. We yeah. also steered clear of any Auntie Anne's jokes. Usually when we I have know. people that visit oh, yeah. us for the first time, people feel obligated to make a joke of like, where's the Auntie Anne's? But thank you for not doing that. <laughs> oh, you're welcome, guys. No so problem. the Cavs have been hovering around 500. It's early. They've had a lot of injuries. We were talking a little bit about it before the show, just how weird this Cavs season has been. What's the biggest difference in your eyes between the start of this year and the start of how things really launch padded off last year? I think exactly what you said, injuries. It's been the biggest issue for this team to start the season. We haven't seen them whole very much at all. We we got the starting lineup together again for the second straight game last night. But um, throughout the beginning of the season, we really haven't seen them together all that much. So uh, usually around the 20-game, 25-game mark of the season is when you really start to gauge where a team is. But I don't necessarily know that, that we'll be able to know where the Cavs quite are since we've played 17 games now. Uh, but, you know, I think it's it's good. We've seen a lot of good things. Last night was obviously a, a really good sign of how they were able to withstand some big Toronto Raptors runs down the stretch and, and come out victorious. So um, it, it's certainly a work in progress, but I think as they get healthier, we'll see where they are as a team uh, more whole. And uh, But there's a lot of good things to take away. Who are some of those uh, healthy players that have impressed you the most? I know we were just talking about Max Struess last night. I think he scored all 20 of his points in the third quarter. Yeah, Gab, I think we, we talked about it before we came on. He has been probably the biggest, I don't know if he, I want to say surprise, but I think a lot of people didn't expect that his game was as whole as it is, as we've seen this season. You yeah. think of him as a shooter coming from Miami. He was in a system where he was really entrenched in what he had to do. But coming here, he's had to play a little bit of a bigger role. He is the starting three. Uh, and the Cavs rely on him to do a little bit more. He doesn't have to be that main scorer, but he can do it if they need him to. Last night, a shot wasn't falling in the first half. He comes out, lights it up in the third quarter, all 20 of his points, like you said, in that third quarter. But he also finished with his fifth career double-double, 11 rebounds. He also dished out five assists. His versatility is huge. He doesn't like to be called sneaky athletic. He just wants to be acknowledged as athletic. I think he's proven that so far for this team. Uh, so Max Drews, wouldn't say a surprise because they, they brought brought him in with expectations for him, but he has been probably the most solid, consistent pl new player, at least, that we've seen. Sneaky athletic. No, we just call Padone that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not exactly. Max I'm cool with it being sneaky, too. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not like Max. I'm cool with just flying under the radar. Another one of those new guys, Georges Niang, the minivan. We absolutely <laughs> love that, first of all, as yes. a nickname. What's he been like around the team? What's he like in the locker room? He is great. He's obviously a very big personality, and I think you see that even when he's just doing post-game media. He's a fun guy. He likes to laugh. He lightens the mood. All of his teammates have said that from the start of training camp is that he has been – just a, a good personality to have. When things get tough, he's always there to kind of bring the spirits up. He had a rough start to the, the season. Let's be honest, his shot wasn't falling. And again, he was brought in to be a shooter. That's what his role has been consistently throughout his career in the NBA. He had a great tenure in Philadelphia. He played a big role there. Uh, AC and I were talking about it on the postgame show last night, though. His role has changed coming here. He's been asked to do more. And so it takes a second for a role player to adjust to what a new team, a new system is asking for you, of you. And, and George has started to kind of settle into that. I think now we've seen him over the last five, six games. He's shooting about four. 40% from three again, right in where we expected to see him him be, where he his pro productivity would be. So um, great guy to have in the locker room, lightens the mood for this team when things are, 
or maybe not clicking the way they want it to. But now I think we're starting to see that off-court presence translate on court. And he, he played some big minutes last night. He got a lot of praise from his teammates coming up in some big moments. Uh, he played, a, played aggressively, hit some big shots, some timely shots. And he's starting to, I think, find his way in the system too. So we had a nice game last night. Night before, we play LeBron James and the Lakers. What's it like when LeBron comes back to town? What's the vibe around the team? What's the vibe around that game like? Well, the first of all, the, the arena was rocking, obviously. It, getting into the arena between the, the Christmas tree lighting downtown, the big football game that we won't talk about, and, uh, <laughs> and obviously LeBron coming to town. There was a lot of action yeah. happening in downtown Cleveland, so it was busy. Uh, but I think there's always – I think – so it, it's interesting. We, we talked to some of the players about it before, and a lot of these guys obviously weren't here in Cleveland for that. I don't know that any of them now. I'm pretty sure no one was on the teams with LeBron. So it's kind of past them. So they look at it differently, the team at least from the players' perspective – don't. The exception of Tristan. Tristan with yeah. Tristan with the exception of Tristan, of course. But these young, new players, the core pieces, were not part of it. So yeah. they view it totally differently than I think the fan base views it. Um, obviously, those around the organization know what it means to have LeBron come back into the building, and you can feel that energy. And obviously, he got his tribute for becoming the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. And it's momentous. You can feel it in the building. But I think the players view it totally differently. They view it more as another game. They understand what it means. But to them, it doesn't have the level that it does for everybody surrounding the game. Yeah. Yeah. Another player that I wanted to ask you about is this kid, Craig Porter. I, I mean, just be, has become a fan favorite. And this is a guy that Booby has been talking about on our network, uh, Booby's World, shameless plug. And he's been talking about this kid like since last year before yeah. he even wound up on the Cavs because he was a part of Booby's scouting piece that he did last year and just a player that he really likes. How cool has it been to see him launch pad from a two-way guy into like now owning this backup point guard role and owning it pretty well? Yeah. What an incredible story. I mean, he's had such a journey. He's from Indiana. He played Juco before going to Wichita State. Five-year college guy. I think that's become a little underappreciated in the NBA because you think of these one-and-done players who are going to be these superstars. But I feel like we've seen a lot more recently. You think of some of the players coming out of Villanova, like a a Jalen Brunson or a Mikhail Bridges, guys who played three, four years in college, who won at the highest level, then seeing their games translate to the NBA. Craig Porter Jr. is one of those players who has so much experience. The, The bright lights, the big moments, they don't make him nervous. He is so calm, confident, level-headed when he comes into these games. It's it's almost been surprising. I've been surprised. Same. I've learned to not be surprised as we've continued to watch him over the last few games. But he would he took it to Embiid last week in the fourth quarter, like no fear at all. Against the Lakers, he scored the Cavs first seven points in the fourth quarter. He just has a way of – he just wants to go out and play. Yeah. And I think we we talked about it. Uh, in Golden State, he was he came into the game down the stretch and he missed five straight free throws. And we were wondering, would that shake him? Would that be a moment where he was like, all right, maybe I'm not ready for this spotlight like I thought it was. And he came back in next game as if that never even happened. And he's been one of the most efficient players on the floor. In the last five games, I think he's shooting 60% from the floor, 50% from three. 
You just yeah. don't hear that yeah. from an, a rookie, let alone an undrafted rookie. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Craig Porter Jr. is is in a great spot. He's a two-way player, like you said. I don't know how much we're going to see him with the charge. Obviously, he's he showed that he can play at this level. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see because he's – He's stepped up with Ty Jerome out in a big way, and he's been really fun to watch. Yeah, you yeah. wonder how much of that is experience or just between the years, you know? Yeah. yeah. Tangibles. Yeah. You he's, have to be resilient to have his background. No question. Yeah, he's really good. I really don't think we're going to see much <laughs> of him in Canton at all. All right, guys. Well, we are going to bring back Kaylee. We're going to step aside. Don't go anywhere. More of the Big Play Cleveland show straight ahead. Welcome back to the Big Play <laughs> Cleveland know. Show. I know, it's weird. I'm Nick Padone. She's Gab Cruz, Chris McNeil. We are joined by Bally Sports host, pregame, postgame, all things Cavs. It's Kaylee Griffin. You know, a big hot buttony thing that we talked about on the show last week was sideline reporting. And I think somebody made a joke about it before the show even started with Charissa Thompson and that little snippet of her interview that she did where she said that she would sometimes embellish or kind of stretch the truth on sideline reports. And I know that's a piece of what you've done here, Kaylee. Would you ever, did you ever embellish, stretch the truth, anything on a sideline report? Because the internet was obviously shocked. People definitely took the the pitchforks out for Charissa. I, I'm just curious to know your thoughts on that whole whole ordeal. Yeah, uh, I have never and would never do that. Um, I think the biggest part of being a sideline reporter is the integrity and the relationships that you build. Um, it's the trust that you make, especially for me. I've worked at solely the team level. So when before coming here, I was the sideline reporter for the Houston Rockets. So um, it's all about building relationships and that trust. And I relied so heavily on that. And I could not even fathom I couldn't even fathom making up something or even stretching the truth in that sense. We have one of the best sideline reporters here um, in Serena Winters. She does an incredible job. I know she feels the same. Uh, so I just going to probably leave it at that. That's how yeah. I feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you were in Houston, was James Harden there at that time? Uh, yes, he was. Got any good James Harden stories from oh, that We'll preface man. it with this. We'll preface it with this. Chris is James Harden's number one hater, I think. Like, we'll we'll I'm leave it. Th- I think it's not a big fan. Not a big fan of James Harden and his Christmas, Christmas well, meal. Not, so we'll preface he's it not with the that. warm and fuzzies for a lot of people. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I have like a big, crazy James Harden story. So I was there when uh, him and Russ were together Mm -hmm. um, that final season before the COVID pandemic hit. And honestly, that team was kind of rolling while I was there. We were in a good spot, second in the Western Conference. Then the pandemic hit. They went to the bubble. Didn't really work out. And then I was also there when it also just unraveled. So (laughs) that, I think, was one of the craziest things that I've ever had to cover in my career what's Um, it like being in that vortex as it's happening in real time uh crazy uh especially from a team reporter standpoint because you kind of you see what's happening but you're also um trying to spin it in a positive way which can be very challenging when we're in the middle of training camp we have a whole new coaching staff steven silas brought in all new players literally i it was james um eric gordon and Daniel House Jr. were the only three players that we had remaining on that team. And we also couldn't be around the team because we were not because of the pandemic. So we were everything was on Zoom. Meanwhile, everyone's back for training camp. He is 
very obviously out in um, Atlanta and Vegas partying while everyone was else in, was in training camp. And so when he, we did our first media interviews coming back, you know, everyone's kind of grilling him on what he's been up to. We had like the Tim McMahons of the world and everyone asking, why are you doing this? And I am like, so James, like, what have you been working on this summer? And so it was a very different time. Um, but yeah, we, we, we got through it. He went to Brooklyn and he went to Philly. Now he's with the Clippers. So it's been, uh, I definitely got to experience the James Harden experience. Um, it was an experience. <laughs> Chris, was that the answer that's that you were looking for? That, that was exactly yeah. it. It was, it was well done too. Yeah. Very, Perfect. very political there. It was able to kind of, you know, um, stay on the team side while also, you know, watching this, what you said there. I think that was well this done. This is a harder segue, but how about the Austin Carr experience? Because he is just so awesome. <laughs> oh. We have such a cool crew, I feel like, that kind of rotates here. Because, like, Brad Brad is, like, even funnier. Like, oh. when they get him on the call, like, it's hilarious. What is that dynamic like? It's been so fun to work with all of those guys. Obviously, Campy I worked with so much last season, and this year we're splitting it more with Campy and AC. They are both so much fun to work with. Their perspective is so interesting obviously because they've been around the team for so long so they've gotten to know so many players so well AC in particular I've had him through this this entire home stretch right now he is he's so funny he always has a quirk to say picking his brain off camera he's got just the funniest thoughts so it's been a ton of fun to work with him we got him in a big hat like that last night wow um, so he it took a little work, but we got him into it, right. and we had some fun with it as well. Yeah, Ryan, throw me that that Lipton hard iced tea big hat because <laughs> our interviews are brought to you by Lipton. I should have been wearing this big hat <laughs> the whole time. Ryan's gonna throw me it. That's a lot of fun. I went to Austin Carr's oh. basketball camp back in the That's day. That's right. What yeah. did he call it? Didn't he have a nickname for he you, guys? Miss Cool. Miss Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember that about you. Yeah. I thought I was like starstruck meeting him. I was in second grade. I didn't know a ton, but I was just like, it's his it's camp cool. and he's a big deal. And he just called me Miss Cool. There we go. <laughs> and, he, and he's a big deal at Cavs games. I mean, yeah. when he's up on set with me just on the concourse, bombarded and yeah. I mean bombarded with fans autographs wanting pictures uh, you almost like feel bad because he's trying to get ready for a show and he's like I can you just wait till the end of the show I, I'll get to you guys uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah AC's the best Aww. he's always so generous with his time he every is. time that I've been around him he's always stopping for fans and yeah he's always he, he's he's a perfect um person to be an ambassador for the Cavs you he's know? Mr. Cavalier he Mr. Is. Totally. <laughs> Yeah, and all the catchphrases too. You know, then those will live on forever. Throw a hammer down, deep in the queue, now deep in the field house. So many fun moments. Kaylee, it's been so fun having you in here. Tell everybody where they could just check you guys out because you guys are live every single game, you know, home, away. Right? Yeah, we're we do pregame, halftime, postgame shows. So whatever tip off is, we are on air thirty minutes before that. Um, then we're running at halftime, and we're on right after the game as well. So um, we play. What do we play? The Hawks on Tuesday. Tomorrow? Yeah. Yes, we'll tomorrow be there. it's we'll all be there. blur. Yep. Uh, I think it's a seven thirty tip off, so we'll be on the air at seven p.m. Uh, last in season tournament group play game. Cavaliers still have a chance to make yeah. the in season tournament quarterfinals. They have to beat the Hawks by a lot. And you got to beat them by a lot of points. A yeah. lot. The point, point differential margin. is is not in our favor right now. So they 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 have to beat the Hawks, and they they need to win by like twenty. 
So by twenty, it's got to be a it's got to be a big wow. one um, because the, there's a couple mm. teams ahead of them in terms of the point differential. You're looking so. untypical. That's right what now. I was just over. About to say. over. <laughs> That's what I was just about to say. When we lock in our bets on our way into the stadium, I might have to put in a little alt spread action. All it, right, it'll be interesting. Enough. Group play. You never know. I mean, it's been yeah. fun to watch the in season tournament because teams are. I, I heard Demar Derozan saying the other day that he didn't like how I think it was the Raptors actually were going after some shots late in the game. And they they need it for point differential. So yeah. these teams that's are that's exactly what the yeah. NBA wants. Exactly. So it, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, the Cavs I, are aware of where they sit. Uh, they still have an opportunity. So if they they want to move forward, they're going to have to come up with a big score win early and score off. All right, yes. let them know. I'm with no, it. Yeah, ready to rage. <laughs> All right, Kaylee, thank you so much. We will step aside. We are going to do fill in the blank. Gab is going to run fill in the blank. More big play Cleveland show right after this. Welcome back to the Big Play Cleveland Show. Okay, it is time for a little fill-in-the-blank, so stand by, fellas. Here we go. Oh, Chris, your favorite. <laughs> Blank should be the coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes next year. It's going to be Ryan Day. Ryan Day is going to be the coach next year. I know there's a lot of talk about you can't lose three straight to Michigan and expect to be the coach the following year, but there's some things going on in Columbus right now. you got the AD stepping aside in Gene Smith. And then also, if you're going to replace Ryan Day right now, who are you going to replace him with? It isn't exactly a great crop of talent right now who I think you can have ready-made somebody for this position, a la Urban Meyer, several years ago. So if you're going to replace Ryan Day, that's fine. I understand all the reasons and all the frustrations we may have for that, but who are you going to put in there? Yeah, it's it's. I agree with you for all the reasons that you just stated, Chris. It is going to be Ryan Day, and I get that fans are frustrated. I'm frustrated too, yeah. and I think you're allowed to be. You know, the 11 and 0 record or whatever. You know, he's 56 and seven. Well, guess what? The seven losses are the games that I actually care about, uh, and that's what. It, Ryan Day has working against him, but what he has working for him is who are you really going to promote? Brian Hartline, I've seen that. Mike Vrabel's not going anywhere. Diana Russini for The Athletic has stated multiple times the Titans are not parting ways with Mike Vrabel. He's in Tennessee for the long haul. So your option is. Yeah, he doesn't want to recruit. So your option is promote Brian Hartline, try to convince Urban Meyer to unretire, or do something crazy, you know, Dan Lanning, do a Deion Sanders, bring Coach Prime in here. I tweeted that out and got absolutely lambasted. Rightfully so. so. (laughs) I would have joined in, but I'm not on Twitter I actually love him. Yeah, yeah, I, that's what I'm I saying. I photoshopped him into the into the Ohio State hat with the Buckeye shirt with the gold whistle and the Coach Prime sunglasses. I think well he done. would bring a little bit of a swag to Ohio State sideline. I don't think it's for this year though. I think he needs to go have a successful year at Colorado, and then if things don't go that well for the Buckeyes, then I'm seriously. Ready to have a Deion Sanders conversation. This Ohio State program, to me, Chris, feels like one without an identity. It still feels like it's Urban Meyer's program, but Urban Meyer ain't there. And uh, I, I think that's why they're having trouble in these big games. I think some of the former players would agree with you. You saw Maurice Claret 
go be very vocal on Twitter about some of the pregame, some of the dancing that they were doing, some of the TikToks and stuff. You know, we've been criticized for being soft. So rather than doing some of these dances and stuff, maybe we should do like an Oklahoma drill. That was Urban Meyer, right? That toughness, that hardness. That's not dancing for TikTok. So I agree with you. I think our identity needs to harden up a little bit. All right, I guess we won't be seeing you dancing on TikTok anytime soon. <laughs> no. The Buckeyes still making the playoff would be? Hilarious. Absolutely hilarious because everyone would cry. I mean, nationally, everybody would cry about that. I mean, you've basically got to have Florida State lose. You've got to have Texas lose. You've got to have Georgia defeat Alabama pretty handily. You may even need to have Oregon lose as well in order for that to happen. And we've seen it before. We sat in this position before going, there's no way in heck Ohio State can make it. And we've made it before, and everybody nationally cries. So I would love to see it. If nothing else, it gives us another chance to get that taste out of our mouths. Obviously, and as a fan, I'd love to see it. But I also kind of love the fact that everybody would be crying about it, too. Yeah, I would love to see it. I'm going to fill in your blank here, Gavin. See, the Buckeyes still making the playoff would be a little undeserved. I think that 11-0 record was there. You know, obviously, it's the Big Ten who you really play and you beat up on Notre Dame which was fun you beat Penn State but your biggest game of the year you choked I don't think I don't think this Buckeye team deserves to be in the college football playoff and dare I say if they do find a way say all of those scenarios happen and they sneak in there on the fourth spot I truly think with Kyle McCord as the quarterback we are setting ourselves up for more disappointment I don't think that they have the facilities to win a game in the college football playoff let alone play for a national championship after what we saw this past Saturday okay let's get to Browns this is something I really want to know I know we got to get off of this because I I am dying to know the Browns play calling versus Denver was your thoughts Chris maddening absolutely maddening you know you have a backup to a backup quarterback and DTR out there and we decide to start throwing the ball and I understand you throw the ball so you can run it but then you've got a back in Jerome Ford who was averaging what seven yards a carry I mean, just feed him the ball. Let's not overcomplicate things when you don't have the personnel. Every week we continue to lose more and more players to injury. Let's just take what's given to us, and that was the running game. Could have started hard with that. Just rolled down the field, eaten some clock, and really played it, I I think, very effectively against a team like like the Broncos that aren't going to light up the scoreboard ultimately against you. So I, I think it was really maddening. I don't want to see either any more of these double reverses. So I, I've yeah. seen so much talk about that, and there's so much discourse about Kevin Stefanski this week. And I don't think one bad play call defines your whole season. I don't think I this Browns team is, you know, was seven and three, now seven and four without Kevin Stefanski, because I think prior to this Denver game, he has been so good. But here Here's where you lose me is exactly that. You had something that worked with the Harrison Bryant QB sneak. The magic ran out. He fumbled. I'll give you a pass there. The end around to Elijah Moore to Pierre Strong, and that was his first touch of the game. That's mind-numbing stuff. Like, you're running the ball so well. Why get cute in that spot? I get that you don't trust P.J. Walker at all. Here's what Kevin Stefanski needs to do. 
with those end around reverse plays. Take it out of the play sheet, rip it up into a million pieces, <laughs> and throw it in the garbage. That is not working. Even if he didn't fumble the ball, there were dudes coming in to close in on him from every different direction. Yeah. That play was going to get blown up in the backfield. It was never going to work. Stop calling that stuff and just run the damn ball. And you're going to have to do that now, Chris, because it's probably going to be Joe Flacco against the Broncos. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, against the Rams. Yeah, yeah, DTR and in concussion protocol right now. We know that the way that that works with the league, he's probably going to have to go to Joe Flacco, and you may want to after the performance last week. Yeah, I was kind of still bummed, though, because I know it was a whole homecoming for him and whatnot, but he's definitely, I don't think he'll be healthy enough. There's always a chance. There's always a chance that you could find a way to clear I'm that concussion protocol. I'm pulling for him, too, I, and I, I like what I... He's such a young player, and he's still, like, every rep he's learning, you know what I mean? And he's out there playing against this veteran Broncos, Russell. He's learning on team, the job. You know? He's learning yeah. on the job, and that's what we got to do. It Not only that position, but a lot of positions right now, where they're dropping like flies for us. It but just figures, too, that he was playing. So He was playing well. He was moving the football down the field, and that one drive where he wasn't, and he got himself into a little bit of trouble. He tried to do too much and he ended up getting hurt that is the disappointment of it because DTR was playing so well I don't think you could go back to PJ Walker he is not it the Browns fumbled in that game against Denver five times you just can't have that I think they're gonna look for a little bit of stability and if, if DTR can't clear I think they're gonna turn to Joe Flacco the best coach in Cleveland right now, with that said. I hate this. We're all prisoners of the moment, right? I hate this. Yeah, I still got to say Kevin Stefanski at this point. You know, you look at the injuries, you look at what he's overcome. I know that a lot of people, such as myself, aren't happy with the play calling that we saw on Sunday. But at the end of the day, he's had to overcome a lot as a coach. You lose Nick Chubb, you lose your $230 million quarterback, and you still got this team at what was 7-3, and three, now 7-4, and four, um, and right there in the mix for the division and for the playoffs, you got to feel good about that. He's taken a lot of heat, but right now he's got the ship righted. So I got to say, Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, I'm with it. I'm with Stefanski. I, and I get that that's not popular. I get people will probably be, even be a little bit upset about that. But JB Bickerstaff has a lot to prove. I mean, he's got to win a, a playoff series this season with the Cavs, in my opinion. And there's a lot of pressure on him to do that. And then you look at Steven Vogt, he hasn't managed before. And obviously, we're very excited about him. We've heard nothing but good about him for our guards. But you just you can't put him as the best in Cleveland because you just haven't seen it yet. So I'll give it to Kevin Stefanski. He has, what, 33 wins as the Browns head coach. I think he's three away, Chris, as we currently sit, from passing up Bill Belichick on the Browns sideline. And there's a, a bunch of other coaches there, too, that he could pass up very shortly. So I'll give it to Kev. Yeah, he's at 33. Belichick is at 36. And Marty Schottenheimer is at 44. Wow. So Kevin Stefanski is, is skewing in a very good way right now to be the best coach in Cleveland. And I think we got to just give him that time, as maddening as it is. That's all I had for fill in the blank, fellas. All righty. Well, what do you say? We step aside and we could come back and lock in some big play bets this week. All right. We'll be back right after this.
Welcome on back to the Big Play Cleveland Show. I'm Nick Padone. She's Gab Cruz. We got Chris McNeil in here with us as well. And it is time to bring you guys our Big Play bets this week. As always, presented to you by our guys over at Typico Sportsbook. Download Typico now. We've, we've been talking about it. We just had a, a full week of Thanksgiving football. Then you had Black Friday football. You had college football Saturday all day, of course, headlined by Ohio State and Michigan. Then a full slate of NFL games on Sunday. This week was a lot for betting. So I know you guys need bet credits. We're going to hook you up on Typico. When you download it, use promo code BIGPLAY100. That's all caps, all one word, BIGPLAY100. You see it on your screen right now. And when you bet $25, we're going to give you $100 of bets on us to use to bet on football season with us, bet on basketball, bet on whatever you feel like. Always check out our Big Play Boosts. We're going to build some Big Play Boosts right here. It's all over at Typico. You got to be 21 years or older to get gamble in Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Guys, let's take a look at some bets this week. We'll start off with the Browns. They opened as four and a half point dogs on the road in LA, and we are going to build our big play boost for this week. What do you think about this LA team? I can't, I don't know what to make of it, but I I hate to say it. I think they figured it out. You know, they yeah. finally got everybody back healthy. Got Kyron Williams. Kyron back. Williams back. Cooper Cup is back and has a couple games now of being back. Matt Stafford as well. I think they're finally healthy. I don't know how good they are, but they're definitely healthy. Way more healthy than the Browns. Kyron went off for over 200, 200 yards total yesterday. So the guy's going to be tough to stop out of the backfield. And that worries me right off the bat. Yeah. We didn't even talk about Miles Garrett and what, uh, I'll, I mean, I guess we're going to have to find out today what the MRI and everything says, but this will be a different football team if we don't have him healthy. Maybe the first week we don't go for a Miles Garrett sack in our bet. Yeah. Yeah. We got to, we got to get creative with the bet this week, guys. Can we do the Browns zero are drops or two drops? Yeah, less I than wish. two drops. I wish. I'm getting sick of our receivers. Now it's everybody. It started with Njoku a few <laughs> weeks ago. Now it's everybody on the squads getting their drops in, and that is very, very tough to watch. Unfortunately, I think Njoku is leading the league in uh, passes nine, maybe. Oof. It's a tough watch. It is. It is a tough watch. Well, what if what we, we could will just optimism. We could go with, like, Flacco pass attempts or pass completions. So maybe that there won't be any drops and we could just keep it QB ambiguous. You know, we could do either DTR or <laughs> Flacco, just Browns QB, QB one. Will like complete. old Tech Mobile when Bernie Kosar was in there. They exactly. didn't call him Bernie Kosar. They called him QB one. We'll yeah. Go back to those days. Over receptions for Browns QB one to try to will some passes caught. Or do we want to scrap that? Because it's another new QB potentially. Uh, how about yards? You want to go for QB one yards? Okay, I'm with it. Yeah, go for a low bar. Low bar, 150. There you go. Wow, 150 yards. 50 yards for QB one passing. I like that. Okay. What about running? We we want him to run the ball. We just said we need to run the ball, especially in the red zone. Yeah, going against Aaron Donald. Should we pick a running back? I feel like they've been alternating. Man, Hunt. Jerome Ford, Pierre Strong. Average seven yards a carry last week. Jerome Ford, let's go. All right. Okay. Get I him like in the it. end zone. Get him in the end zone. Okay, so let's go QB1, TBD, <laughs> passing yards over. Jerome Ford, anytime touchdown. Should we get crazy and go like JOK sack? JOK had a huge game. He had a huge game. I mean, yeah. buried under everything else that happened yesterday, he had a fantastic game. He was all over the field. Yeah. I feel like a Greg Newsome pick coming on too. 
Oh, I know were, some bounce back. I think there were some things he kind of that exploded he on him. He had a rough one. He yeah. had a rough yeah. one. And I, I can see him locking it in and showing up for us. Give us a pick. I'm with it. I like that. I mean, this this game is going to be crazy. It's going to have to be crazy. The Browns are so undermanned. Let's do it. We have QB1 passing yards. That's hilarious. I just can't <laughs> say it and not crack up. QB1 passing yards over. Yes. Jerome Ford, anytime touchdown. And friend of big play, our guy, Greg Newsom, is going to snag a pick. Bounce back from his troubling outing to say the least in Denver against the Broncos and I think this week will be good for the Browns guys because they're in LA right now like they're yeah. gonna do the full week of work at UCLA Garrett's gonna get all of his tests done on that shoulder in California they're settled you know I take the whole week get adjusted to that time change practice I think that will be good for them and they're gonna need it because they are so shorthanded here yeah, it's not going to be a vacation out there in Cali. It's going to be a business trip for all those guys. Yeah. All right, guys, let's move right along here. 49ers and Eagles. This is going to be a great game yeah. out in the NFC. The Eagles are currently two-point dogs, believe it or not, at home in Philly. This line seems a little bit fishy to me because you would think that the Eagles would be favored at home, but it's actually the Niners. Philly's 10-1, and San Fran's 8-3. and Chris, I got to believe this is probably a preview of the NFC Championship game. I believe it. And then you see the game yesterday that the Eagles squeaked out. I mean, Crazy. yeah, yeah. Just It seems that not only are they very good, but things are breaking their way. We thought that we had kind of broken the 49ers. No, here they here they sit at 8-3. and three. They're right there. So, yeah, I think both of these teams are at the top of the NFC. Okay, I feel like I'm going to put my betting hat on here. Walk this through <laughs> me, Gab. Walk this through with me. 49ers are minus two at Philly. I feel like that means they're trying to bait me into betting on um, Philly yeah. because they're the underdog at home. So, right, like, that's right. going to be a plus money bet just yeah, on the money line to win at home. So, I'm going to reverse engineer oh, it. I'm going to just go with the 49ers minus the two. The 49ers pull off an upset, even though they're the favorites. Give me 49ers. <laughs> No, I, I I was taking the original bait. I'm I'm going Philadelphia all day. All right, I'm with Gab. I'm taking the bait yeah. here. Wow, yeah. we're after Thanksgiving. Yeah. We're cruising into Christmas, which means and Santa is gonna saunter yeah. into Philly, and we know that that gets those fans all riled up there. Being the Boo home, Birds are gonna be out. They're gonna be ready to go. And like you said, Chris, things breaking their way. There's nothing you can really put. That I don't know how to explain it. That vibe, that uh, shift in momentum, I guess, yeah. is the cliche way to put yeah. it. But you you got to account for that too. That's something. Absolutely. So I'm taking that bait. Give me Philly. All right, you guys are gonna get Philly at, at a pretty good yeah. price too. Though. I like the value. All right, that'll be fun. Let's sprinkle in a little action, yes. if I will, Chris. Finally, as your Miami Redhawks are eight point dogs Woo. on the road, Toledo. You could make the argument that Toledo could should be ranked. They're covering left and right all season long. This game is Saturday at noon, Ford Field in Detroit, over under set at 46. I think I'm going to take Toledo to cover. I hate doing it. Ouch. Team. Give me Toledo. I, they've been the class of the Mac all year. Brett Gabbert, who was the starting quarterback for Miami, was hurt this season by the Toledo Rockets in that game. This is the Blaine Gabbert, excuse me, the Brett Gabbert revenge game right here. Go Miami. Miami covers the eight points against Toledo. 
Gab, do you have I'm, a dog I'm, in this fight? I am only going Toledo because I have family from Toledo. My dad went to Toledo for a hot minute. Okay. Oh. Toledo it is. All right. Two Ga on one here. Go Brett Gabbard. <laughs> Gab and I are on the Rockets, Chris. Avenge yeah. Brett Gabbard. Riding with his Red Hawks. Let's take a look all the way at Cavs at Magic. This is next Monday in Orlando. Orlando is 12 and 5, guys. The Magic are really good as we record this show. Riding a hot win streak as this is taped the Cavs are going to upset them though in Orlando I think that that's I, I know we were just talking with Kaylee and she said the 20 game mark is usually a measuring stick in the NBA of what your team actually is and through 20 games the Orlando Magic are looking really good but to me they're still such a punchy young team like Paolo Banquero is still a really young player there's they're just young they're young they're young they're like what the Cavs were last year or the year before I'm going to take the Cavs and I think we get a big game out of one of the stars pick a star and I'll pick your star. I think it's going to be Donovan Mitchell. I think he's going to start his comeback because he's had a rough he patch. It. He really has since he came back after the injury. People expect a lot out of him, and rightfully so. And he hasn't necessarily been that leader on the court that we've seen. So I expect that to start up here soon. And I, I'm going to peg this game as a big one for him going down to Orlando. I like it. I like it. Let's go with that. Let's go Cavs money line, Cavs spread, whatever that will end up being next Monday. And then we will parlay it with Donovan Mitchell. He does have to get right, Chris. Like yeah. it, it's it's been weird. It's been, just been a weird season. We'll we'll leave it at that. But Donovan Mitchell, if the Cavs want to win a playoff series, they need him to be better. They need him to be the true leader. Yeah. True leader. Yeah. Like what he was last year. Yep. All right, guys, that's it for our big play bets. We are going to take one more break. More big play Cleveland straight ahead. Welcome back to the Big Play Cleveland show. We've been all around. Uh, we hit all our bases, I feel like. Yeah. Um, and we all color coordinated in our black, somber. In our morning. I think, in and we, morning. you know what? We got through it. I'm feeling much yeah. better. I ripped up all this paper. I you made really a huge did. mess. I can't wait to see that clip. It's on been Twitter. such a show for me, guys. Like, I ripped up all that paper. <laughs> I had the big hat on. We all wore black. We how put up the McNeil thing. Like, yeah, it, how cathartic. It, it's, yeah. kind of, it's kind of amazing, right? Our Ohio State Buckeyes, they've lost one game this season. Right now, the Browns sit at, what, 7-4, seven and, seven four, and four. right? We've got the Cavs, a game over 500. They just had a big win this week. So yeah. we've got a lot of optimism. I know you lose to Michigan. All the optimism goes out the door. You have a big loss to Denver, so optimism starts to go out the door and all the injuries. But we still have a lot to be thankful for, even though Thanksgiving is over here. Yeah. 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 How about that? Did you buy it? I, I kind of am. Did you see? I'm sorry. <laughs> not to twist again. But did you see the hoodies that Dave Portnoy put out? I no. did not. Okay, I did never not. mind, Chris. Shield your eyes. <laughs> oh, no. If you're a Michigan fan, you're going you're gonna eat it all up. But you, did you see them, Ryan? I hate to admit that that was a really cool hoodie, and I'm just The mad. hoodie should say need a coach, because they're gonna need <gasps> one next season. Yeah. They might be yeah. real happy right that? now. I'll they're start selling a, a hoodie. One. Yeah, we need a ho a coach. Indeed.com for the Michigan Wolverines, because your guy is heading right up to the Windy City, I believe it's Chicago Bears. Yeah. How about the Carolina Panthers? Now have an opening. The Los Angeles Chargers are going to have an opening. Jim Harbaugh is going to have his pick of NFL squads to go to, and I'm fully under the belief that he is out of there. Out of those teams. You think the Windy City? 
I think he goes down to Carolina. I th- for some reason Chargers? for some reason the LA appeal is just there. Yeah. I think you know you could Back coach Stanford. You could coach Justin Herbert. Uh, I think there's a lot of appeal there. That team is good. The fact that that team is so bad, you know, the record is so bad. There's so much talent. They have Khalil Mack on that defense. And yeah. you would have no idea. Their record is horrible. Uh, every time they're in prime time, they absolutely poop down their legs. Uh, and they're just not that good. And I think that that would be an ideal situation for someone like Jim Harbaugh to go kind of stabilize things because they have all the talent. Yeah, and he'd be an interesting one back into the pros because I wonder how his message, how that lasts, and him being the weird guy that yeah. can, <laughs> can recruit in college and that kind of works. You go back to the NFL, let's see if that's going to continue to play because it's been a while since the 49ers. Yeah, you can't be picking your nose and eating your boogers like what he does at Michigan in the NFL. you got to button it up a little bit. It's the pros, that's for sure. This has been the roast from Nick Padone. I know. I'm on one today. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's going to be fascinating to watch. And I'm fascinated, too, to see what noise, if any, Michigan really makes in this college football playoff. Or is it going to be a similar tale to what we saw last year, where they really were just a house of cards? And, Chris, I, I don't want to be this guy because you just gave us optimism about the Browns, saying, look, they're 7-4. and four. I hope this isn't the beginning of the wheels falling off. And that's all I'll leave it at. That's all I'll leave it at. Because the Miles Garrett injury. In the universe. the yeah. Miles Garrett we, injury. We had it. We just didn't. Now you verbalize. The Miles Garrett injury is is a true factor, and I just worry that you know in the NFL they've overcome so much, and that next man up mantra is a real thing, and it's so fun, but it only can take you so far. You need your horses in this league, and I I wonder if the magic maybe is is starting to run out. I hope not, and I think we'll all be singing a very different tune if the Browns get a dub out there in LA. But that's a big if. This is a big week for him. Big week for him. It, it really got is. to this AFC North is tight. The AFC is even tighter. We are the Big Play Cleveland Show. It's been a lot of fun. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube, on Twitter. Um, Go check out all of the other Big Play shows and hosts. Got so much amazing content out there, and we will see you guys for another episode right back here next week.